0: I think um, there's only one person that said they would only download free apps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then we were all looking around the room trying to profile find, who it was. <laughs> find
0: the best student or find the... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Um, this week, I have uh, uh, and someone who's been on the podcast before, Sneha. She's come back to give us um, uh, a chat. We'll have a chat to, to us about a uh, topic that she did a presentation to us in our department. Well, it's probably over a month ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, but, it was. Uh, welcome back. Thanks. And, good to be back. <laughs> and um, I don't know if people can remember um, the previous podcast we did. Sneha's got a, another career on television. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sh- you haven't done as much since um, COVID broke out. No, maybe.
0: it's funny you say that though, because um, I got an email today asking me if I want to be a participant on Survivor, the TV show. Oh
1: right, That's so I'm, consider- I'm
0: considering it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where is it going to be hosted? In some tropical islands?
0: No, probably be in Australia, I reckon. Yeah, there's,
1: there's plenty of um, places in Queensland or maybe the Northern Territory that could.
0: That could be a could Survivor be type. Challenging, yeah. Snakes and crocodiles, <laughs> exactly. I'm sure that-
1: um, so what's, what's the topic that you're going to talk to us about today, Sniya? Yeah,
0: so the topic um, that I am going to talk about is the use of smartphones uh, and specifically smartphone applications yep. um, in healthcare and I guess in our field, anesthesia, and how we can utilise smartphones to our benefit. Um, what gave I mean, you the
1: idea to, to look into this and do a talk on it?
0: So I originally gave this talk um, at the children's hospital and I was trying to work out what can I teach to a bunch of pediatric specialists. And I was like, I have nothing to offer from a pediatric <laughs> point of view. <laughs> but maybe because I'm part of the tech, tech savvy generation, I could perhaps teach them a thing or two about some useful apps that um, some of my bosses might c- find um, came in handy for them during their yep. practice. So that was, I felt like, yeah, I could offer something back to <laughs> to yep. them. So yeah, that's, um, that, that was a reason for my talk. And also because I've just sat my part two exam I was doing a lot of study and downloaded a lot of apps, which I found useful that helped me with my fellowship exam. So I've accumulated quite a few and I've done my own sort of um, vetting process of these apps.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so hopefully um, you'll share with us today. Most of us here will find something useful in this this talk, I think, because um, we all all need help. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully we can't. None of us can remember everything, can we? And so it's really. I think um, yeah, it's really useful to be able to find things that you need in a hurry. Exactly. Or when you're in theatre, you can't go to the library. When you're you're stuck in theatre, tell us a little bit about the history of smartphones and healthcare. uh,
0: Well, I guess um, the first smartphone that became available. Um, commercially, was an Apple iPhone, and that was in 2007. And before that, we were all using the Nokia 3310s, 3315s, <laughs> those flip phone Ericssons, and the Motorola's as well. And um, they, I suppose.
1: You, s- they you know, the DA phone is still a Nokia, isn't it?
0: I know. <laughs> the advantage, though, is that it has excellent battery life and it's and durable, it's indestructible. So,
1: yeah, <laughs> so for those people listening, we have a Giudianistas phone, which is a, like a very old Nokia. <laughs> and we tried to replace it a couple of years ago, but the reception on the smartphone that we replaced it with was terrible, and labored and, and in certain parts of the hospital, so we had to go back because it was supposed it's an emergency phone, and people just couldn't get hold of us. Yeah, keep going. Sorry. So those no, those, you. those
0: those phones are useful uh, in the in that respect, reception, battery life, and durability. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ever since the iPhone came out, basically. Um, that's accelerated the uptake of, of smartphones in general and to the point where they've become basically an integral part of both our personal and professional lives. Um, and it's sort of given rise to what we call the mobile zombie generation where everybody's walking around on their phones looking like zombies. Yep. Um, and I think especially the younger generations um, are pretty much heavily reliant on these phones, and I don't think they can see themselves living without these phones by their side. Yes. So I
1: took my daughter's phone away two weeks ago as oh, a punishment. No. I'm not going to reveal all the details. <laughs> and, she, and she, it's yeah, it's quite um, life-changing for her.
0: It is. It's like the old school, but it's like when you get, got grounded in your room, I reckon, and mm. now taking away your phone is like taking away all your freedom and liberty. She would
1: tell it. you it's like I've taken her left kidney.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with it, Roger. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Um, So, yeah, and specifically with healthcare, I think um, obviously the smartphones in the last decade has really revolutionized, I think, the way we um, practice as clinicians as well. Um, And I think using technology to our advantage um, and improving patient safety and patient care is something that um, I think it's exciting. It's like uh, I think we're only just touching the surface of it now. And there's a lot more um, that we can uh, do in the future when it comes to technology, as we saw yesterday in the virtual reality Presentation as well. Yes, no, a that of, was yeah. very good. Um, yeah, so I sort of um, uh, there was a study done in anesthesia and in intensive that was published in Anesthesia and in Intensive Care in two thousand and nineteen. That was um, conducted on by Monash University, and they basically surveyed the use of smartphones amongst anesthetists in Melbourne. Yep. Um, and what that um, specifically um, found was that. I think it's a ninety-seven percent of respondents um reported using their smartphone um or smartphone applications um in their practice ninety-seven percent of the time. Um and and three per- the
1: other three percent were lying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they owned a Nokia still. <laughs> um, uh so yeah, I think um uh and they were definitely agreed that they seventy one percent agreed that they would um agreed that the use of smartphones improved patient safety in theatre. Yep. But uh, to a lesser extent, only 38% agreed that it would um, help them in an anaesthetic emergency. And that's probably because of the time-critical nature of it. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I think it's shown that, yes, we as anaesthetists are pretty reliant on smartphones and apps in general. So
1: Hmm. It would come in handy to find someone and say, come and give me a hand.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's probably the most useful (laughs) um, part of it. But, um, yeah, obviously it helps with communication, but it also helps with point of access. We've basically got, like, an encyclopedia, Wikipedia, at our fingertips, so we don't need to be carrying textbooks or notes around. We've got it all on our phone. Um, It can potentially reduce mistakes, drug errors, um, other clinical errors as well. Um, But I think there hasn't been too much research into the evidence behind that. It's still pretty early stages, I think, Yeah. Um, What was also, while smartphones have a lot of advantages, I think there are a lot of limitations to them as well. The main one being distracted doctoring, um, as we call it. So um, while they are very useful, they also are probably the number one cause of distraction in theatre, specifically for us, I reckon, as an anaesthetist. So, yeah, double-edged sword. with. That's
1: right, yeah. So especially, I I guess, you know, everyone knows, yeah, checking your social media and (laughs) the news or, you know, doing puzzles. Exactly. Maybe not, maybe not paying attention like you should.
0: It's the new Sudoku. Yep. So Sudoku of my generation or crosswords of our generation. <laughs> <laughs> I, of our generation.
1: Um, I think I skipped the Sudoku <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> you went from crosswords to smartphones. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> um uh so yeah, I thought um uh another limitation apart from distractions was um how reliable or the quality of the apps that we download are like how much can we trust the the information that the apps give us? So yep. um, I think it's important to make sure that the apps you're downloading are reliable and that's reputable right. and have yep. good reviews um, and are updated regularly or have a uh, yeah. up to date yep. information. So just to be mindful of that whenever you're yeah, trusting that's, that's information a, online. Yeah, so
1: especially I guess especially if you're doing something like you know dosing. Mm. Uh, so doing. Dosing some medications and things, you want to really know that it's, it's not like a decimal point in the wrong place or something crazy. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that, could, that could be pretty scary. Yeah. Um, but most of us should, you should know your pharmacology pretty well anyway and be able to recognize a problem. Yeah. Um, so, uh, So tell us about the poll. You were going to – what were the other interesting things? Oh, so some of the other things There were a couple of interesting results. You don't tell us everything, but what about the price and –
0: Yeah, so one of the other things I polled people on were – this was just the poll that I did as part of the meeting – was um, uh, how much would – would you be willing to pay for an app um, that helps you in your clinical practice? Yep. Um, and the majority, I think nearly 50% agreed that they'd be happy to pay between 5 to $10 for an app that they felt was useful. Um, and But there was around 33% who agreed that they would pay between 25 to $50 if yeah. they found it useful. Well,
1: the, so, Ox- the Oxford Handbooks, well, which you can download, they're more, a lot more That's than like that. 60 or $70, I'm yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, quite expensive.
0: So... I think most people. I think most people have Oxford on their hand uh, on their mobile. So yeah, yep. I think um, there's only one person that said they would only download free apps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, then we, and we were all looking around the room trying to profile find, who it was. <laughs> find the med <laughs> student
0: or find the. <laughs> yeah. um, but there are. I think what I'll go through soon is um, uh, some of the apps that are available, and a lot of them are free and excellent. Yes. So yeah, you don't actually need to pay a lot for for good quality apps. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: people would be willing to pay. Uh, for the more expensive ones if they're allowed to actually have a you know, go at it or trial them and before decide her, yeah. that they're worth it.
0: Yeah. yeah, and some do offer maybe one-week trial periods and then you've got to commit and or make sure you cancel your subscription before they yes, keep taking payments. You
1: yeah. <laughs> There's a 10-page um, form you've got to fill in to cancel your
0: subscription. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I think everyone agreed um, in the poll that they would like to see more anesthesia-related apps in the future. I think there's people realise that it can be used. There's heaps of things that we could use it for. Yes, um,
1: I was surprised, I must say, that there, how many there were when you started presenting them. Yeah. It's like, I, I need to, <laughs> you know, have a look again in the App Store or, in, you know. Yeah. So um, did you want to tell us about some of the apps? Yeah. Or was there something else we wanted to um, talk about first?
0: I think, yeah, we'll go through some of the apps that I have I have personally sort of found quite useful. Um, yeah. I'll put
1: a link or a list. I'll get a list yeah. of listening here afterwards with uh, the names, so people can look them up. Yeah, no, so that you sounds like a don't good really idea. do take notes while you're listening.
0: Yeah. Um, so I guess I mean um, apps are mostly available on obviously Apple Store, the Google Play, or the Windows Store. Um, when I did poll everyone, pretty much nearly all the just owned iPhones. So <laughs> I think yep. there's one or two odd ones one, that owned one an Android. Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 Um, so most of the apps I'm talking about are from the Apple store um, so sorry to the Android users but I'm sure some of them might be available on the Android store as well um, so just to FYI as well um, the Ansca library um, website also have a section which um, uh, uh, lists some anesthetic related apps okay. in That's alphabetical good. order just for so people can browse through. I'm sort of going to categorize them into various sort of things but I'll go through the first ones which are sort of textbooks or point of care um reference apps and the two most useful ones i found fi- i found were obviously the oxford handbook um and up to date um yep up to date i think it's almost superseded oxford in a lot of ways um up to date have an entire section on anesthesia which most people didn't realize um yep. anesthesia for all different types of surgeries <coughs> um uh, the only downside to UpToDate is that you need to have either a personal subscription or a subscription via your hospital um, right, to okay. get it on your phone. And um, most hospitals have a subscription or not? Uh, I think most hospitals, I think have. Well, I don't think we have it here at King Eddie's, actually. I must admit I've I don't never think looked up to so I haven't looked into that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think... Um, it's definitely, yeah, I think the sort of trainees nowadays are using UpToDate more so than Oxford right? Okay. for their latest information on um, anything anaesthetic related. So, yeah, that's definitely so the most any, useful app.
1: Anyone know. out there in Oxford, <laughs> put you, your finger out. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're listening to this <laughs> podcast. No,
0: not that they're Nokia's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're probably the ones uh, uh, that have got the um, the Androids and they, they only want free apps.
0: Yeah. <laughs> No, it's hundred percent worth it, though. Um, the other apps that I find useful are the d- drug dosing and drug reference apps. Um, yep. So, having just finished my um, pediatric rotation, there's a um, drug doses app by Frank Shan, which is the yep. one that all the pediatric anesthetists have on their phone. Yes,
1: yeah, so I used to have a little white um, that book booklet yep. thing it was sort of pocket sized booklet it had all the doses. Even yep. when I worked in emergency before I did anesthesia, we, yeah. we most people used to have one of those
0: now it's on your phone don't need to worry yeah. about carrying that pocketbook around <laughs> it's great um, so that's uh, that's around $23 but that's definitely worth the uh, investment um, yep. uh, um, and the other one that is also useful is MIMS Australia um, which is free but you also need to have a subscription via your either hospital um, or ANSCA library um. okay uh, and that, obviously, yeah, those are probably so the two most reliable Just to clarify doses. that, so yeah.
1: when you down, like you have to still go to the app store to download it and then you have to yeah, type so in your hospital, how do you find so out you, your hospital So you download ID, that,
0: it? yeah, you download the application onto your phone and then it will ask for an enterprise key or a login right, okay. when you open the app. And so you have to contact and
1: your library. So then
0: you go through either your library website, which is normally what we do here yeah. Do here in WA, um, and you just need to fill a quick registration form, just to confirm that you're an employee of the hospital. Okay. And they'll s- then send you a like an enterprise token, they call it, to okay. your you to your hospital mental. email, and then it just gives you the code that you need to log into, and then you've got access for, it for up to twelve months. Okay. And as long as you log into it. Every twelve months it should just continue. So to even renew. if
1: you move from another move to another hospital, well a lot of registrar's So you need to yeah,
0: so you need to still have access to a hospital computer that will allow you to renew that once every twelve months. Right, okay. Yeah. So sometimes it can be tricky if you have moved hospitals. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah. So that's how you go about doing it. Or just contact your library personnel and they'll be able to show you how to yep. download onto Sounds your phone. Good. Yeah. Um another couple of sort of apps were Mac calculators. So as in our Mac values, um, uh, there's a one called Mac age, which, um, adjusts Mac by age in terms of what, um, volatile you should be giving. Most of our anesthetic machines have that, yeah, but I, I so found right. it useful in pediatrics specifically because obviously they need higher Mac doses. And I'm just like, well, what's, what's normal for a two year old or three year old. So yeah. that was just a quick reference one. And that's a free app as well. Um, and there's also Tiva simulator apps, which, um, I think uh help model all your pharmacokinetic modeling for propofol remy dexmed um a yep. variety of drugs and it's probably most useful for the part oneers who yep. are trying to wrap their head around pharmacokinetics um and tci modeling and all that so um those are some of those and then um there's also medical calculator apps like md calc um and bmi calc yep. which are also available um and those are just obviously um, it can be hard remembering different formulas, et cetera. So, just having those um, at your fingertips to log in some data and you can get the um, calculator. And a couple of other calculators are risk calculators or perioperative risk calculators. So, yep. the ones that are available, I think, are um, SORT, which is a surgical outcome risk tool. Um, and that estimates a risk of, um, I think, death within 30 days of having surgery. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's a good thing to have. So, you know, if patients ask you, well, doc, what's my risk of so-and-so, you yep. can just input a few values and then get a rough idea of... Um, what,
1: uh, are these used by any societies or recommended by any bodies? Um, so oh, no. SORT
0: is, SORT is um, uh, has a lot of evidence behind it, um, uh, except for non... I think it's not used for cardiac transplant or neurosurgery, but okay. for all other surgeries it's, it's a valid um, risk calculator. And the other one is Euroscore 2, but that's only for cardiac surgery, so right, that would okay. be more useful for the cardiac anesthetists out there. Um, and then um, another category of apps are all your block apps, um, your yeah. regional um, anesthetic apps, and uh, the most useful one, which is a free app, is Anso A N S O, which I think everyone has on their phone. Uh, hopefully, yeah, um, I uh, and I think it's just a good app. You know, have, if you haven't done a block in a while, you can just have a quick refresher. Um, get your anatomy and bearings. And um, has
1: it got videos? I've got usable or?
0: And so doesn't have videos, but there are other block apps such as BlockBuddy or BlockJocks as well. Yep. Um, and also Nysora um, have an app yep. um, that have videos in them. But I think a lot some of them are qu- a paid apps, so you do need to pay. There's a yeah. lot of stuff on
1: YouTube as well. and yeah. yeah, that was the main
0: thing. I was going to say with blocks, um, <laughs> YouTube's probably your best resource, to be honest. Um, yeah. And the, the one um, channel I'd recommend is... Um, uh, one by Kijin Chin. He's a um, regionalist at Toronto somewhere, yes, um, yeah. uh, and he has the best videos for all your sort of blocks. So Kijin, um, Uh And there's obviously all the sonosite YouTube videos as well, which we've all yeah. probably seen at some and point. In fact,
1: even on the sonosite machines, you can go into um, uh, a little. Uh, there's a there's a section on the on the monitor. Where you can go in and watch videos. Oh,
0: can you? Mm. Oh, there we go. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so lots of regional apps available um and I think yeah um regional anesthesia is probably the 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 fashionable thing now everyone's kind of doing everyone needs to be pretty competent in in doing a lot of the simple blocks at least so um and this was related to regional anesthesia this This is one of the more useful apps I found um is something called safe local um yep. and it's this was developed by john hopkins um uh school of Medicine. And it basically allows you to calculate safe doses of local anaesthetic, especially when you're mixing um, right. lignocaine or epivacaine. You're like, oh, well, what percentage of each should I use? Um, it also allows it just for hepatic and um, renal failure as well and age. So um, I find it's a good. I still find doing hand um, calculations is... is um, what you should be doing, but this is a good way to check or double-check your calculations, yeah. you know, um, right. especially mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. Or and local anesthetics
1: are annoying because they, they're they all quoted in percentages when yeah. we're, we should be all be working in milligrams, shouldn't we? Yes, but we should, yeah. Like, like adrenaline as well, you know, yeah. one in a thousand, you know. Just label everything and using the same unit.
0: Yeah, agreed. <laughs> so, yeah, safe local's a good one. Um, and then um, another... One with regards to coagulation is Azra COAGS, um, and the latest version is 2.1, and that's um, the American Society of Regional Anesthesia, by far and away the most useful app I have used in my practice to date, I think. Um, uh, and it basically tells you the timing of all your various antiplatelet and anticoagulant agents with regards to neuraxials, um, epidurals, um, read peripheral nerve blocks, etc., and yep. to tell you the timing of because that, that can get, get quite confusing, yeah. I find, as so well. So
1: those guidelines are based on, is that the yeah. North American Yeah, guidelines. that's the North American one. Is it still consistent with people who, who work in Australasia or, or Europe or UK? So
0: there's the other ones that uh, are used are the AAGBI ones, which are the UK ones. Yeah. Um, but they so don't have an app, so.
1: <laughs> okay, but if someone were, say, in the UK or here in Australia or New Zealand, were to um, use the Ezra app, would, yep. that, would, they, would the guideline be similar? Yeah, it's, it, it's pretty so similar.
0: Like, if anything, I think I've been told that the ASRA are slightly more conservative in their
1: Okay, so I guess people are just like, things, they want so to do the, follow the right guideline yeah. for their jurisdiction.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think as long as you're following a guideline, um, it doesn't really matter which one you're using, I suppose. It's AAGBR or the ASRA, and they're both fairly similar. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and there's a, a few Rotem um, and... Uh, Rotem apps as well available, one called Tem and one called Teg um, but you obviously know a lot about Rotem already, Roger but these are quite good apps for learning a little bit about Rotem as well So, um, I don't know, I don't know yeah. any apps, that's good oh, yeah. I,
1: I did have a quick look at it they seem to be, um, they're good for like just telling you what to do but not necessarily educating you on yeah. how to interpret them yeah, yeah so good sort of shortcuts
0: yeah yeah um, what else? Uh, let me think. There is also oh the other apps which I found useful are airway um apps. So the National Tracky Safety Project um yep. have their app, NTSP, and that has all the guidelines, videos, um, emergency drills, um, equipment and everything that you need for any tracky or Larry emergency. So that I think would come very useful um in an in one are of they, those airway emergencies. So they have the cards that you're yeah, supposed to put in the Yeah, It's above, all on the app. The yep. That's all I on the I remember
1: doing a, a – you know, I talked to James a few years ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, that society has all these cards you're yep. supposed to, that are supposed to sort of live with the patient on their bed. Yeah. Telling you what they have anatomically and what to do. That would be really useful. Yeah. And yeah. if
0: for whatever reason they don't have that card above their bed, you can just open the app and the card will be there <laughs> for you. <so. laughs> it's but good. Yeah. Well, you
1: should be able to, you know, uh, print it out and, and yeah. put it with them if it's not there already. Yeah.
0: Um, and then there's a couple of um, airway simulator apps which um, I found quite fun to play with almost like a video game. Um, there's one called Airway X or Airway EX and that's almost like an augmented reality interactive simulator app where you can use um, – it allows you to practice laryngoscopy, bronchoscopy um, and it has different sort of levels or So this is a fib-
1: fiber optic um, Yeah, intubation. fiber optic intubations, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and it allows you to get familiar with the controls and – it has various challenges and, and levels. One, which has like, say a bleeding tumor or, um, a nodule or anaphylaxis or something to make it hard. And you have to try to make sure you don't hit the mucosa, And if you do, you lose points. (laughs) 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 So it's kind of like a video game. It's, it's fun. It's Mm. fun. Um, and the other one that's quite useful is a double lumen, um, what is it called? Double, double lumen simulator, which is that costs seven or eight bucks. Um, but that allows you to practice um, inserting a DLT, especially if, yeah. a, if you haven't done it in a while or haven't done thoracics yeah. in a
1: while. Or if you're doing your cardiothoracic uh, rotation yeah. uh, as a trainee. Yeah. That would be seven bucks is a good investment. Oh, definitely, yeah.
0: yeah. So you can, yeah. Um
1: tax deductible.
0: Exactly. Screen- all all, all of the tax it. deductible. <laughs> Screenshot uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we should have got an accountant along together, yeah, <laughs> an opinion, but I'm sure they are yeah
0: no, they are I've definitely claimed them, so <laughs> hopefully um and the another useful one is if you're not sure what scope fiber optic scope size to use, because um, I usually just rely on my text to tell me yeah what size scope they, that can fit within that tube, there's another app that's called i fiber optic, um which uh tells you what size scope you can fit into what size tube, yeah, which is pretty useful, I thought um. Yeah, so those are a lot of the airway apps. And then um, there's a couple of pediatric apps available. And these are probably more useful for the occasional um, or intermittent pediatric anesthetist. Um, yep. If you just dabble in peds every now and then, there's a couple called um, the, the Royal Children's have their own clinical guidelines, RCH guidelines. And there's also Pedistat and Pedisafe, which have all the sort of pediatric doses as well. Um, and there's one other thing I also found quite useful called Orphanet. I'm not sure if you guys have heard the website Orphanet. Yeah, it's so rare for rare diseases. Yes. Yeah, so they also have an app on their phone yeah. that you can just search up whatever. Okay, I didn't realize they was an app. I yeah. knew, knew
1: about the, the uh, internet. The, the website, yeah. Website. So you can
0: yeah. just um, yeah, type in any rare or congen- um, genetic condition, um, especially those eponymous ones, and it gives you a summary of that. Um, and the other couple of more useful apps, the final few that I'll talk about are the opioid calculator which is by the faculty of pain medicine here which is good for all your opioid conversions um morphine equivalents all of that um and there's a few trauma apps available called trauma victoria or rpa trauma which go through all your trauma guidelines and algorithms as well if you need a bit of a refresher there's obstetric ones and pediatric ones as well in that um and there's a couple of equipment apps um the Arrow intraosseous um, have an app
1: yeah that's useful you, yeah. we use that on the uh, for our work, uh, major hemorrhage workshop which we ran on the weekend
0: oh did you yeah and yeah so yeah. I
1: asked everyone before they came to to yeah, download the app to download it and, and go through it yeah and okay yeah and then we had the easy IO people come in yeah. from Telefix come and uh, show us their devices a few few weeks ago were you here for that yeah I was here for that yeah, yeah so yeah. I think most people in the department downloaded it and had a read through
0: yeah so yeah that's a pretty useful to get a refresher on um, and uh Couple of other ones are more sort of for investigation. So there's blood gas interpretation apps. So there's one called ABG Expert and ABG Acid Base Eval. Um, yep. The ABG Acid Base Eval actually goes through it. So you just input the data from a gas, and it goes through it step by step to help you yeah, understand so it. I found that
1: useful because yeah. you know here we have to help look after the uh, HDU patients. We don't have an ICU. Yeah. In, so I've definitely used that down on a few times. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's yeah. actually very good.
0: Yeah. And then the ABG expert, you just need to put in the data, and it tells you what the what the um, diagnosis is without doing the step by step approach. But step I think it's step another. That's good. I like, yeah. I like that a bit better. Yeah, I just think it helps confirm what you might think is going on, or yeah. give you some ideas. Yeah, educate yeah. you at the same yeah. time. Um, and then last couple of investigation apps are one called Heartpedia, um, which is developed by Cincinnati Children's Hospital, and it's a free app that you can. Um, uh, basically allows you to um, look at all the various pediatric um, heart um, congenital conditions and defects before repair and after repair, and it yep. has like a toggle view where you can have a 3D image of a heart and look inside the heart. And I think it's quite useful, especially for trainees um, who are trying to wrap their head around what is a tetralogy of fallow, what is a fontans, what you know, yep. those I think it's sort good of. Good anatomy. For anyone, not just trainees. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I think it was you and I that went to. We have a special cardiology meeting Clim- meeting once or every 4 weeks where we talk about the woman, mm. the women who are antenatally have um, heart disease of which quite a large fraction of women who've had repaired congenital conditions and yeah Some of them, I'm like, what's what's going on with the plumbing? I have to ask the cardiologist to explain it to me. What's connected to what? So that would be useful. It
0: definitely is really useful to get a 3D image of that. And there's one called Heart uh, Echo Views and lots of echo for transthoracic and transesophageal and point-of-care ultrasound echo. So you can just do a quick search and you can find a bunch of echo apps. Um, One for the part tours who are sitting there medvivors, there's one called Heart Murmurs, which goes through all the different heart murmurs that you need to know. Oh, um, that's old school using that, a stethoscope. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's,
1: that's like using um, a Nokia phone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's an echo probe. That's it. You just yeah. go straight for the echo. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I've
1: still got a stethoscope. <laughs> see
0: a if surgeon, the tube's in too far. <laughs> I remember a surgeon telling me, because um, he always used to borrow his resi's stethoscopes, and he always used to say, a surgeon with a stethoscope is a surgeon with a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so you never carried around a stethoscope um um and there's lots of ecg and radiology apps which um are good to flick through if you just want to you know if you're sitting in theater and not much is happening in yeah, your case it's you can probably just better have a
1: quick than instagram isn't it yeah you, you, exactly you can exactly. at least claim that you're educating yourself exactly
0: you know so ironically the whole distracted doctoring of the talk but you know it's it's still useful apps um uh, I think that pretty much wraps up most of the apps that I've talked about. There's a couple of anatomy apps and lots of journal apps which you can get like um, Read by QXMD and Browsing as well. Um, and you can also get clinical key as well on your phone, but that's through your hospital library website again. So, right. yeah, there's um and there's one last one for the um, part two exams. There's one called Anesthesia Exam, which has a lot of Viva-style scenarios that you can download onto your phone. All right, that's
1: a really one. And yeah. there's another... Um this is not really an app, but there's a, there is a podcast uh, oh, yeah. run by a couple of guys over... Um, I can't remember if they're in Melbourne or Sydney. I can't remember what they're called. I'm just trying to worry. Oh, is chatting. this the part one? Yeah, there's a part one podcast oh, yeah, too, I which we should um, recommend to people who are studying for the part one. Um, oh, they talk a yeah. lot about um, exam technique and... Uh,
0: yeah, it's called Anesthesia Coffee Break. Is that's, that's right. the one? Yeah, that's yeah. The one.
1: I've got it on my phone somewhere. I haven't listened to many of them, but certainly if you're sitting in the part one exam or you're uh, earlier on in your training and you're thinking about getting into it, you should definitely listen to that where you're yeah. driving in the car or something like that
0: I think it's by Stan Stan and Lahiru I think they're anaesthetists yeah. in Melbourne but yep. yeah excellent right, yeah. Um, teachers yeah. so yeah good app for the primary guys to download
1: well I think yeah. we've just about covered everything yeah
0: <laughs> hopefully people have found a couple of apps that they didn't know about before that yep. they can download on their phone and have a browse through
1: <laughs> oh, well thanks for sharing that with us um, any last words i oh, oh. Traditionally, I tell a few dad jokes, but yeah. I, I don't have any good <laughs> don't ones. Don't have any good ones to tell. I take. found one just before we started, but I'm pretty sure I've done it before, so I'm going to withdraw the offer. <laughs> I'm I
0: want to it. hear it again. No? Is it encore for the dad joke? Uh,
1: next Tuesday is Jamaican Hair Day. I'm dreading it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very good. I'm pretty sure Where's I used sound effect? Uh, which one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I use that with Graham. Anyway.
0: <laughs> no, it's a good one. It's good. Maybe uh, you need an entire podcast dedicated to dad yeah. jokes. I reckon. Graham's got
1: Graham borrowed a book from the library on dad jokes, so he's 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 definitely hitting there you me. Go.
0: Maybe there's an app for dad jokes, Roger. I'm going to look that up. Look it we'll up. Get yeah. you know,
1: we'll get back to you We'll get back to next
0: podcast. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Nia. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Roger.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Please go to the iTunes menu and subscribe to the show if you like it. Write a review. This will also help us uh, get seen by other listeners on the iTunes menu. If you're also interested, please go to our website at www.obsandguiningcritcare.org where there will be lots of show notes and links to uh, interesting videos related to the topic that you've just listened to. See you again next time.